comic book pit. Okay. Ready? You want to get going? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Ready enough. Ready uh, ish. Ready ish. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. I mean, you're uh, you've been working out, you know, <laughs> putting in the pods, you know, hitting the record button. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, it's like riding a bike. It's it's been uh, two months for me though. Has it been that long? Really good. Yeah, yeah, craziness. Yeah, it's been since August. Wow. So, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like uh, I lived too much in that time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like butter spread over so much bread. Yeah, to quote <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite lines. That's What's funny. The first lines in- um, anyway. Alright, so we'll give us a proper opening. Welcome back to Comic Book Pit. This is episode 291. I'm Dan. And I'm Scott. And uh, we're recording this old school. We are, uh, this episode we are not in the magical Sorgatron Media Studios. We are doing this remotely each of us from our, our own individual uh, lair or dungeon. <laughs> our pit. Yes. Our double P, double P pit. Our, our, our respective pits of despair. <laughs> Here to bring you uh, some comic book talk and uh, comic books and other related topics of discussion, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if it touches on on the meat on the uh, the original media, you know, we gotta we'll we'll cover it. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good rule of thumb. Absolutely. So, um, well, I guess I'll just um, I get things kicked off. If you don't mind, I'll uh, yeah, I'll I'll get this uh, get this party started. So. Um, I guess a month or so ago, I, I talked about the, uh, the Fantastic Four relaunch. Uh, I think we talked about Fantastic Four number one on a past episode. Yeah. And I was not too happy with it overall. I, I, I felt, I'll just say I was disappointed uh, and just leave it at that. Uh, there were, you know, some things I liked about it, but overall, um, I was kind of disappointed in Dan Slott's first, you know, foray into the, uh, you know, to Marvel's first family. I expected right. a lot more. It, the first issue did not deliver. 
life goes on. So, yeah. So I I decide to read the second issue, and the second issue, I feel like that's exactly what I was looking for. Okay. It it delivered on so many levels that I I wish they had just combined issues one and two into the first issue because I I feel like issue one was just incomplete. Issue one was more like, was like a prelude to issue, you know, to to issue two, to the proper relaunch of the fantastic four. So whereas the first issue focused primarily on Ben and Johnny and how each of them were, dealing with the loss of the, the continued absence of uh, Reed and Sue and the kids. This second issue actually does focus on Reed and Sue and the kids. And it's not just Reed and Sue and um, Franklin and Valeria. I forgot they have the, they have the, hu- the, the whole future foundation with them all those other little kids like that. Remember when they were in the white uniforms? Yeah. Oh yeah. They had the, the the future foundation from like the, the Hickman, Jonathan Hickman started. That's like, so it's this whole extended family, if you will. Um, I, I, I hesitate to call it a team. It feels more like just an extended family, uh, because it's a bunch of kids and, Dragon Man, <laughs> and um, I think um, Alex Power from Power Pack is in there. Um, Artie, remember um, Artie and Leech? Oh, uh, they're my all-time favorites. Too. Yeah, so they're there, and a bunch of other randos. Um, but this is this issue totally focuses on, you know their exploration and not only exploring, but they are literally creating new worlds as they're going, you know, with, with, with uh, Franklin's, with Franklin's power to manipulate reality, they are, he's, he's creating these new worlds and new races and new species out of his just out of from his imagination and and with the help of his family and you know the rest of the future foundation and so they're they're creating these new worlds and then they're exploring them and they're like mapping them and they're it's like they're creating this whole uh new universe uh, pardon the expression yeah. <laughs> uh, for those uh yeah no Ken old school yeah. Yeah, for those old school Marvel fans, you'll you'll recognize the reference. But and and then of course as things happen, uh, there you know there's conflict. Um, they run across or run afoul of this new character who uh, they they call her the the Griever. This is she's this cosmic entity, and it seems like she only exists to destroy what they've been creating all these worlds. Like she's literally tearing these new worlds out of reality and destroying them. It's like, she's ripping holes 
in reality. So the uh, Reed and Sue and the kids are they're on the run, and they finally come to a point where they have to stand and face her. They they get beat down, but here's now I'm I guess I, I'm going to throw a little spoiler uh, warning in. So if you want to uh, if you haven't read it yet, maybe skip forward maybe uh, five minutes. Okay. So you don't uh, get the the ending spoiled for you, but Reed says to the Griever, um, basically you only won because you didn't face the entire Fantastic Four. If if my friends were here, if the entire Fantastic Four were facing you, it'd be a whole different story. So she's amused by this. She says, "Okay, then I'm, I'm going to give you the means to call forth." your friends and 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 that's where it cuts to the first fantastic four issue where you see reed working on this piece of tech and that's where the the giant illuminated four shows up over the planet Earth. oh yeah so he's calling so he this this technology that the griever provides transports whoever he wants to the the planet they're fighting on. And so he activates it and Griever's like, what the hell is this? You, you, you lied to me. You cheated. You, and he says, I didn't lie. I said, if you face the, you know, all the fantastic four and it, and the last page is literally everyone who's ever been a member of the fantastic four. Nice. To, to face so, the Griever. So you right. had, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Spider-Man, She-Hulk, Power Man. I mean, everyone. Everyone who's ever been a card-carrying member of the Fantastic Four is on that last page. And, 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 of, and of course, uh, Ben and Johnny. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, th- th- these days, like, being someone who's read – like you, someone who's read comics for mo- most of their adult life, and with the way things are, there's not a lot. There's not a lot these days in comics that really surprises and thrills. Yeah, you know, because either it's spoiled or it's lackluster, or or it's like, oh, I've seen that before, or I just, you know, oh, I don't care, you know. <laughs> but but that last page. I was like, okay, that's that's pretty awesome. So I'm I'm legitimately excited for for the next issue of that. Is she thing in that picture? Because that'd be a weird one, I think. I don't know if she still is. Um, uh, Sharon. Let me look because it, it seemed like there were. <laughs> just trying you know, I, I wonder if it was just like they they pulled them out of time and space and different realities. You know, oh, because, possibly, yeah. Because because there's we've got um, yeah, she thinks it was when Miss Marvel was uh, mutated, right? Uh, Sharon thing. Ventura, who uh, oh, she okay. went by Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, well, yeah, that's her. Um, who else is here? Uh, Medusa, oh, Ant Man, nice. 
uh, Black Panther. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Iceman is weirdly there. Oh, that's a weird one. That's all in that rabbit out. I didn't realize. I never realized Iceman was part of the Fantastic Four at any point in time. Huh. Um, Crystal, uh, the uh, Frankie Ray Nova uh, Storm is there. And, of course, Herbie the Robot. Oh, nice. That's right. He was uh, one of the members. So, yeah, I'm kind of... uh, I'm kind of I'm weirdly excited for the for the next issue, um, and and to see how this continues. So, but like I said, it was I, I felt like it really that first issue really needed this second issue to be part of it. And that to me that that first issue was just um, kind of hollow. Yeah, and it. it now it feels like with these two issues, now it feels complete. Now it feels yeah. like the story can, can, go I think forward. that's just one of the limitations of a monthly book. And if they, and I think with that book too, they, I, I, although I think it was a little bit longer than the first issue, it wasn't double sized or was it? I think it was a thicker book though. You know what? It was, and that's part of the reason why you were. Now, that's part of the reason why I was just, but yeah, because I thought, oh, it's like forty-eight yeah. pages. I mean, it was like it costs like like five ninety-nine or six ninety-nine, and so based on that alone, I was expecting yeah. more, and I sometimes, did not get it. Yeah, sometimes you can uh, go go back and um, like add up. Okay, so it took you two books. It probably cost you about eleven dollars, you know, to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like if somebody, I don't know. Sometimes uh, the way comics work, you don't really look at the price, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll just keep reading it because it's monthly. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you, you're like, did I? Why did I pay this much to get to this point? And was it worth it? You know. Yep. Um. But I think in this case, it probably, I think you could say that it was. It just took, just took an extra couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> a month. Yeah, yeah. It took, it took, took them some extra time to get yeah. there, but, but yeah. they got there. So I'm, uh, I'm a happy. happy oh, Namorita's in there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. at the list. <laughs> a character named Flux that I'm not familiar with. That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's um, characters from when uh, when Matt Fraction was doing the the FF. Remember, because it was because uh, Ant Man was in there, and then the the girl that was wearing the that thing. Suit. Yeah, yeah, Ms. Thing. <laughs> yeah, Ms. Thing, Darla Deering. <laughs> I really think so. Yeah, I think that was the one wearing the suit. But uh, yeah, that's funny. And I don't have a, an image here. Oh, yeah, that's her. Yep. Oh, yeah, Miss Thing. Okay, I remember her. Nice. Um, wow, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's good. Like, uh, you know, you got just give it some time, let it play out. I, I, um, 
off. I know we didn't discuss this beforehand, but now I think of things. But um, I just started watching Star Wars Resistance, and um, it's the new uh, cartoon series for Star Wars, taking place I think like right before uh, Force Awakens, and um, that's kind of the the issue with it right now is they've already had two ish, two episodes out. And you're still kind of like, what is this about? (laughs) Like, are they getting to it? You know, and it is like, uh, it's one of those things like, uh, like that book, um, that you, you're like, give me something, you know, like give me a hook, you know, to keep going. Um, you know, obviously with Star Wars, I'm, I'm a pretty much loyal fan, so I'm going to watch it anyway and see how it plays out. But, but it is one of those things, you know, where I think, um, the, uh, I forget what they call it, but the expand, the, when the story needs to un- unfurl itself, <laughs> uh, sometimes, so, mm-hmm. um, let's see, so you said, uh, we want, we want to, how do we want to do this episode? Do we want to do some more co- comic reviews or, uh? Yeah, let's do. We'll talk okay. about a couple books, then we'll talk I about feel some like, other um, stuff. And... Just to help me get back into the swing of things, because I've been I've been out of it for a while. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know what's let's let's talk about what's going on in Batman. All right, like post. Yeah, let's let's. I, th- I feel like post episode post yeah, uh, I mean... issue fifty. You know the okay. the the fallout from the wedding. Um, is I think you know I think that's something that we we should talk about. I know um I remember you saying something about it and you weren't too uh too thrilled with it. And um I, I'm kind of there with you, but at the same time I'm almost like this is what I expected. Um, so yeah, we knew. I mean, I I think everyone knew that the wedding wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And, and which I get, it was just, I, I just didn't care for the execution of that, of that issue, that issue 50, I thought was just a letter. Uh, the two letters just, it was just, it was just overindulgent. It was, I, I, w- I think I would have rather had that play out in real time instead of reading a letter, uh, uh, that it just, it had already happened and these letters were written, you know, I was like, ah, yeah. you know, I, at first you read, I think they, you know, credit to him for being a good writer because, you know, at first he leads you to believe that these are letters that they wrote previously, but then you realize that they wrote them after, or, you know, at least, or not previous, like that night, they were like, basically, Catwoman's like, it ain't happening. And, uh, mm-hmm. and if, I don't know, I was like, I would have rather had, had them actually face each other and speak, you know, instead of like, oh, I wrote you a note, you know, and Batman's like, well, I wrote you a really great note too, but now, you know, now I'm left at the, uh, altar, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, or on the, on the rooftop yeah. as it were, on the rooftop. Yeah, it just, I don't know. I like, I understand that Tom King is playing the long yeah. game 
and and he said as much, yeah. but I yeah I, I just felt like you know all of the all of the um, lead up all of the build up to this to the to that issue with you know all of the um, stories that tied in that that had to do with the you know the uh, pending nuptials and there were even like. Uh, like um, other like mini like right. a, like a there was like a, like a mini series right. or something that had to do with the wedding and it it just seemed kind of like a just a, a a slap a slap to the face. Um, they you know they 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 shouldn't have built it up so much if if it wasn't going to happen. I, I, mean, I agree because like I said, everyone knew it, it wasn't going to happen. I agree. I agree too because. You know, I mean, that's the PR machine going going crazy, and they're like, you know, oh my God, we're having a wedding, you know, it's going to be huge, and they do all these crossovers and cover variants and everything, and all this hoopla, mm-hmm. and then it it's almost like the audience was the one left at the altar, you know, like what? Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good way. No of one it. showed up, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, for this for this uh, big event that you've been talking about for uh, half a year, and you know, it was right on the heels of uh, Marvel's uh, wedding at issue as well with um, uh, Kitty and Colossus, and that was a big disappointment too. Oh right, yeah, yeah, I about that, yeah, that, that, that kind of came out like not too far. That was like overshadowed. By the Batman thing, I think, and then instantly forgettable because they just did this. The, they did a flip flop. Spoilers, people. But they, uh, you know, Kitty and uh, Colossus are basically magic of all people. Um, said something that made them chicken out, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're not getting married. You know, that's just not that's. We thought this is what we want, but we're just not doing." And so. Everybody showed up for this wedding, and they're like, well, uh, what are we going to do? And Gambit and Rogue are like, we're going to get married. And it's like, oh, my God. And then they they get married, and it's like this, like, Band-Aid on, like, a, you know, an otherwise <laughs> sad moment. And uh, I was just like, I don't care mm-hmm. about, you know, like, Gambit and Rogue's. Like, I was done with their, you know, their thing in the 90s. And honestly, I was done with Kitty and Colossus in the games. Like, I just, I'm like, man, they're like, why do they keep doing this? You know, like, um, I, I was under the impression that Kitty moved on anyway, you know, and I guess that's all it amounted to. Um, for, you know, they, but it was all done for drama's sake. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. then like Batman came out and it was pretty much, that was forgotten. So now they kind of, and I get the whole motivation was basically to darken Batman's soul, um, I think is what they're going for. Apparently it was an elaborate plan um, orchestrated by Batman's rogue gallery um, to, uh, you know, sap him, you know, to uh, put him in a bad, a bad place to better manipulate him or conquer him or whatever. Um Bane's mm-hmm. master plan. And, um, you know, the issues after that, they were a little weird because, of course, you're going to have, 
um, you know, sulking Batman again, which I, I'm like, I really want Batman and the Joker to change at this point. Like I, I'm, I'm also kind of tired of their, you know, um, their dynamic. Um, and, yeah. um, but you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't want grim Batman. Like I, I'm just tired of it. Like give me, you know, I'm ready to go back to, uh, another time. <laughs> I don't know what time, but you know, something where he's a little lighter. Um, and as far as Joker, I, I was thinking hey, he's such a homicidal maniac, um, that I, I get tired of that too. That every, every trick, he has a trick backup trick. And I'm like, it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, they, I would like them to go back to the Joker trying to be funny, but with horrible, um, you know, like, oh, I didn't mean to kill, I didn't mean to kill the audience. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's more apologetic right. about it. He's, he's just trying to be funny, but whoops, uh, I slipped on a banana peel and I pulled this door and it, you know, killed everyone. Um, <laughs> You know, just something, you know, a little more, uh, you know, in the name Joker. You know, like, something more funny, but also, like, holy cow, stay away from this guy, because you're probably going to end up dead. Um, but not because he's trying to kill you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just my... Well, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way about Batman, how you were saying how <clears throat> it seems like the Joker is always like one upping himself, yeah. you know, he, he, he's, he's always pushing it. There's always something more extreme. Yeah. Um, I, I have the same feeling about mm-hmm. Batman in that with him and his, his gadgets and technology, it's like, he's practically living in the future. It's like, you know, it, it's like, there's nothing he can't, get out of because he's always got some piece of tech or some gadget that miraculously, right. You know, saves the day or solves the case or, um, you know, everyone's like Batman always yeah. wins, you know, <laughs> like, you know, pit Batman against anyone. And the internet effect. Like, That's what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. Because he, he, because he, because he lives in like, you know, yeah, his, you know, it's like he, he lives in like his, his, you know, the Batcave might as well be the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Right. <laughs> because he's got this like bleeding edge technology all the time. And it, it gets to the point where you think if you're this smart and this rich, oh my God, you could actually be helping people on a scale <laughs> that it would be unimaginable. Yeah if you would actually not be a psychopath. Right. You know, like, or a sociopath or whatever right. he is. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I'm truly convinced that if Batman's parents hadn't gotten gunned down, Bruce Wayne would, would have still grown up to be, like, he he would have grown up to be like Dexter. I think. Oh, yeah, so, like, like a different kind of crazy. He, yeah, like he's, exactly. He's, he's brilliant and he's, scheming and he's, you know, but he, but, you know, with his parents being alive, he would have focused that in a different direction. Right. You know, he, he might not have been Batman, but he would still 
have that mentality. Right. It's the whole thing is that the, the, the makeup of the man is still the same, uh, but the, it was the murder that galvanized him. You know, like he, yeah. yeah. And after after all these years, if he, I'm sorry, if he hasn't worked through <laughs> his parents' murder right. by now, I'm sorry. He's like, there's something That's, seriously I, wrong with Batman. He's like. He's he's as crazy as That's what I think too. I think um they've made him so obsessive that it's it's gotten to an unrelatable point of reading. Um maybe this has been yeah. I mean I think it's been going on for a long time but um it would be nice to have Batman be a little more like um you know that human. yeah, more human. That that murder changed me but now, you know, and I, I don't necessarily fight just for, you know, to save that little boy in the alley, you know, like if he's just like, I've dealt with that in my mind, but I, I continue to do this because it's, it's what I'm good at, you know, or, yeah. or something like he has some sort of enlightenment, well, you know, well, and, and this is a point that I brought up, um, um, a couple of months ago, definitely a few episodes back, um, it, it might have been the episode that the the McSauce guys were on, but I, I brought up the like the point like if if he's this obsessed with you know crime and you know avenging his parents' murder and blah blah blah, why does? Like, why does Bruce Wayne even still exist? Oh, yeah. Why does the persona of Bruce Wayne, like the public persona, like, at this point, it seems like it's just a distraction. Like, except that he could. The only thing is his public face for his company. That's that's pretty much it. But which I think somebody brought up. But then but then what I think is if they've they've written Batman into a corner like the past 20 or 30 years where he is he is so smart he's probably like one of the five smartest people on the right. planet he's so smart he could I mean are you telling me like he couldn't figure out a way to um, kill off Bruce Wayne publicly right. like in some tragic accident and still um maintain his wealth right. and, and Wayne enterprises and still, I mean, he's like a master disguise for crying right. out loud. I mean, he could still go out in public and just not look like Bruce right. Wayne or he could get plastic surgery or whatever, but it's like he, Bruce Wayne does not need to exist because Bruce Wayne um, serves no purpose. Right. It, it like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't anchor him to reality. He, he has no social life. He has no, um, he has nothing that links. Yeah, him it's the same problem to... with Arrow, like the TV show Arrow. It, it's mm-hmm. very similar because once they cut away all the all his personal ties, it was like, what? Why is the show? It's just uh, garbage yeah, it, now. It's you know when 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 they do that, which they seem to do it once a season. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, he he becomes a a very unlikable character. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of feel that, that way about Batman. Like if it weren't for Alfred, I mean, if, if it weren't for the fact that they, they still managed to keep Alfred around, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could read Batman because 
I, I find him like his mission. I don't even know what his mission is anymore because it seems like he's avenged his parents' death a million times over. Yeah. So basically, it's like if you just want to fight crime, well, there's like there's a thousand different ways he could do that without being Batman. Yeah. That's true. So that that would be the fact that he that would be an interesting uh, angle actually is to see him fight. Uh, some of his rogues gallery without being Batman at all. Like if he just found ways to launch uh, counterattacks, you know, using the system, I mean, that would be that, you know, that would show his, his brain, you know, <laughs> right. Instead of just like at this point, Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say just at, at this point, he just, he likes being Batman and he, I don't know if he gets off yeah. on it or, and, or what, but it's it's like that's his life now. He There is no Bruce Wayne. And that was the, and I'm going to say it, Catalyst was, uh, that's a pun. Um, but Catwoman, <laughs> basically, when she um, dropped him, like, a, you know, I don't know, a hot bag of rocks, whatever. Um, <laughs> but her whole thing was, yeah, her whole thing, yeah. Um, her whole thing about it was, he can't be any other way or he stops being Batman and the world needs Batman more than I need him, you know, or he needs me. And like, yeah, which, which is, dumb yeah, because that's, that's that is what it, sh- like, it shows that he's, if he's unchangeable, then there's no hope for him, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, first of all, you know, when, when she says, um, if you're happy, then you can't be Batman. And I'm like, yeah. what is so wrong with being happy? Yeah. Like he deserves happiness. Yeah. Someone else could be like, I'm, I'm sorry. Other people have been Batman. Like if, if, if you just need Batman to be out there as a symbol, yeah. any, anybody can be Batman. Um, and it doesn't need to be Bruce. And, and he only, I mean, it seems like, I mean, he's, he only serves Gotham. I mean, yes, I know he's part yeah. of the Justice League, but it's like, you know, I, I feel like the Justice League, you know, they're, you know, they're, uh, there's so many members of the Justice League. It's like, it, it doesn't matter if Batman's on the Justice League or right. not. You know, oh, yeah. kind of miss him. <laughs> no, you know, and they always, I mean, that is like a, a hook for the book is, oh my God, all the most powerful characters have been taken out, but wait, Batman's still around. You know, it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my god. Um, but uh, I think that's what um, the recent issues of Batman. You know, they did the uh, trial, and Bruce Wayne was on the one of the jurors, and he basically put Batman on trial. Um, he's like, he's not a god. He's not better than everyone else, and everyone needs to stop mm-hmm. treating him that way. And I'm like, maybe that's. That's the kind of change I want to see in the book itself. Like, I, you know, um, mm-hmm. that he, hey, he's fallible. You know, let's see him screw up. Let's see him, uh, you know, laugh, laugh something off. Like, whoops, I didn't get him tonight, but I'm going to get him tomorrow. And, and you know, because I have a lead. You know, that kind of, all right, don't worry, I got this. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of just, uh, you know. Right, you know, yeah, hardcore, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. 
so that's where that's that's kind of where I I I'm at with the book, and I've been reading Catwoman too, which has been uh, a nice departure, kind of. Um, uh, Joel Jones is writing it. And yeah, so- I read the f- um, yeah I, I I read the first issue, and I. I liked yeah. it. I, I, I haven't I haven't kept up with it though. I, I'm I, I may go back and 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 do that though. It's decent. I mean, they, they took her. You know, she's she's out of uh, Gotham and she's uh, dealing with uh, a corrupt. Basically, like this woman is like uh, she's. I don't want to say Black Widow because that's already taken, but that's kind of she um, she moves she moved into. Uh, a man who had political power and she basically systematically took out his family and became this guy's new wife, you know, and she's gained gathered power over many years by doing this. And that, that's kind of um, Catwoman's adversary now is, uh, and I, I thought it was a really, really cool, like a different kind of character. Um, uh, but this, this woman is bad news for sure. And, um, you know, it's a it's a fun read, and honestly, um, uh, Joel Jones's artwork is, you know, the bee's knees. So I, oh uh, yeah, I can, it's 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 stunning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could read. Like it, it doesn't matter what she does. I I pretty much am digging it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been good so far. Uh, that, I'm on uh, Catwoman number three at this point. And uh, issue four just dropped, I think, uh, last week. So, um, but yeah, yeah, um, worth reading. So, that's kind of my my quick review of that one. <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt like we needed to talk talk some Batman a little bit and get kind of get it get it yeah, out definitely. there. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've had some some bat talk. <laughs> Um, so an, a, another book that I don't think we've talked about probably since issue, since the issue one relaunch was Avengers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't the talked about Avengers. that at all. Um, yeah. It's, uh, the, the Jason Aaron. Yeah. Uh, Avengers. So I, I, I just, I caught up on the last few issues, like okay. I think issues, uh, six through nine and it's issue nine that I wanted to talk about because, um, it was another like similar to Fantastic Four number two. Um, this one just kind of, I'm like, man, it, like it really kicked my ass. Um, so this was Jason Aaron, uh, oh, and okay. David Marquez uh, on the art. And uh, David Marquez, I I forgot how much I liked him. He was he was on Ultimate Spider-Man for a while, um, and now I guess he's doing doing. Uh, I don't know if he's the regular artist or if he's just doing fill-ins or what. But the um, this is kind of the the return of Namor to the Marvel Universe as a I don't want to say villain, but definitely definitely not a good guy and kind of a not, not oh. even really an antihero. He's more of like um, you know he's he's uh, looking out for for uh, for for his people for you know for for Atlantis and and. Uh, He's he's had enough of the uh, the uh, air breathers, um, and it started with the, the issue before 
there were um, some Atlanteans that boarded a a uh, rocks on uh, boat, and the uh, the the guys on board slaughtered them. You know, just gunned them down. And not only that, but they hung their dead bodies over the side of the boat like uh, like these grisly trophies. And oh, so yeah. at the end of issue eight, Namor uh, attacked them. And issue nine is the kind of fallout of that because he, he took those men captive, you know, to Atlantis and um, the Avengers, of course, um, try, you know, decide, well, we got to go down there and try and talk some sense into him. But before that happens in the first few pages, we see an old, uh, an old face, an old um, Avengers reservist, Stingray, who who um, shows up. Oh, to, um, he's having a little altercation with uh, the sea, the seafaring villain Tiger Shark, and um, so they're under the water, kind of mixing it up. And you know, Namor shows up, and he basically is like, um, you know. You two doofuses have have a choice: join me or, you know, get out of the ocean right now, forever. And Stingray is like, "Oh, come on, man! You know, um, don't be like that." And and he he thinks they're buddies, and Namor just starts wailing on him, like without even with with, with without pretense, just just beats the crap out of Stingray, like tear like just tears him up. And like destroys his because uh, Stingray he he's like this underwater hero and he wears this suit like this you know this kind of like uh, deep diving suit that allows him to whatever. Um, but he he tears him up and he he makes him bleed and there's sharks in the water with him. And meanwhile, like the, the villain Tiger Shark is like holding back. He's like. He's like, what the hell is going on here? And he looks like he's going to throw up. And, um, you know, Namor's just pummeling. I mean, his, you know, uh, former friend, Avenger, whatever. Um, and, uh, and Namor finally says, uh, you know, to the sharks, finish him off. Like he, he's bleeding in the water and, and oh. he's like, all right, guys, go get him. So he essentially killed Stingray, huh. like he killed a hero and a and a, oh. a, a one time Avenger, and so that Man. that immediately set the tone for this book and for and for Namor, and uh, and so you know, uh, sure enough that you know the now as I'm reading this, I don't it, it feels like the Avengers are not aware of what Namor did to Stingray and whether or not they're going to find out or, okay. or whether or not they just forgot to include that. I feel like that's kind of a big thing to not address at some point. Um, yeah. You know, Stingray, you know, he's not even like a B list hero. He's kind of like a C or a D list, but he's still, he was a, he was an Avenger at one time, you know? And um, yeah, and so, you know, the, the Avengers go on, you know, go down to Atlantis and to see what's going on with Namor. And, you know, Namor's like, you know, 
he's pointing out like all these different things that like Atlantis is like messed up. Like there's a, like a fallen celestial is underwater. There's the like remains of a, of a busted up helicarrier. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, it becomes very obvious that like all the things that, um, that happen topside, you know, they, they don't just affect the people that are living in houses and in cities, like the oceans, are getting are, are taking their fair share of a beating too. And Namor's like, I've had enough of it. And you know, the like Atlantis is in ruins. His people are going hungry. So uh, Namor and, and Captain America are the last two to face off against each other after he, yeah. after he pretty much dispatches the rest of the Avengers uh, with ease. Um, and Namor says, well, you know, because of our history, I'll let you talk. And, um, so they, they, you know, they talk, but, it, but nothing really is resolved. And he's like, Namor's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and don't ever come back here again. Yeah. And then it, um, and then it cuts to a scene where, oh, and he, the, um, he, he gives the, his prisoners to the Avengers, the, the rocks on, uh, criminals oh, okay. who, you know, they, they get put in jail, but then it cuts to this scene where, um, Namor, like you don't see him do it, but he basically something like there's his prison out in the middle of the desert, but somehow he's able to uh, send seawater uh, through their toilet and flood their cell and drown them and kill them. Oh, jeez! Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, not amazing, great, but like, wow, he he means business. Like he's not like like basically there's there's no turning back now for Namor. He's um. You know, he's not the, he's not a good guy anymore. He's not, you know, I, which I, in a way I'm kind of glad of because, um, I feel like the, like the only Namor we've seen in the past few years, he's been more part of the X-Men than part of the Avengers. Right. And, and that never really, like, I understand it. Like, oh, Namor is the first mutant. Yeah. But that never really sat well with me. I never really cared for that. So it, I get it, and it, it worked for them for, for a number of years, but I'm glad to see Namor kind of back in this, yeah, you know, in this position of being, like, kind of the rogue, kind of the bad guy. And and um, not only that, but he, he himself, in the last page of this issue, he reveals that he put, to, um, put together a team which he's calling the defenders of the deep. Oh, um, admittedly not a great name, but, yeah. but still he, um, you know, just to, it, it just shows that he, um, he means business that, you know, he's going to fight for, you know, what's his and, um, and he might even take the fight topside. So, um, no, I think that's a good, that's a good change. And, I, you know, I started thinking about J uh, Jason Aaron writing that Avengers just now, and I was thinking he must be really holding back as far as brutality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, because he's he's capable of some really <laughs> yeah. vicious, some vicious stories. That's what I mean. Is he's he is probably like, well, here's what I would do if it was my book, and uh, half the Avengers would be dead well, by now or or beaten. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, though, like, like I said, similar to how, um, like I said, that last page of the Fantastic Four kind of took me took me aback. Yeah. Um, watching Namor uh, brutalize, uh, you know, uh, another hero. Um, yeah. It was like, oh, okay, so that's so so that happened. Yeah. Like that's like like I said, that really set the tone. Um, because, and, and it wasn't like he beat him up and he, and then he let him like just live and, right. you know, like, he, he made him bleed and then he sent his sharks after him. Yeah. Like that's messed up. Yeah. That is, that is pretty crazy. I'm kind of bummed too, because I, I always liked Stingray, even though, yeah, he was totally like a, like a B or C lister. Um, yeah, he, he always, he always had a cool look. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I yeah, just the only it. time I remember reading him with any, it was a, I think a, a brief time when the Avengers were on. They had that base called Hydra Base. Yeah. I think it was it was like one time like the mansion got destroyed and they were they they were, it was called Hydra Base and it was actually like a floating research oh yeah station or something. And it was actually run by Stingray. Like he was the head guy, um, and the Avengers were like, "Hey, man, you know, we need a place to set up shop, so we're gonna hang hang our hats here for a while." And Stingray's like, "All right, I guess it's not my place, so I can't, you know, I don't pay the bills." Eh. Yeah, Avengers right. definitely, <laughs> um, definitely a, a book I'm looking forward to now. It's it's uh, seems like it's kind of leveled up a little bit as far as you know as far as the stakes are involved. Yeah. Um, one thing I, you know, um, I looked up, uh, Stingray, um, a little bit and I did see that, uh, you know, his first encounter was actually with Namor, which I thought was pretty cool. And, um, and Tiger Shark was also involved in, in, uh, his early, um, battles as well, which I think that's kind of neat. So I will, uh, I gotta give him credit for that. Touching back on the original uh, mm-hmm. material, and um, uh, one other thing to add to uh, Stingray's, uh, we'll we'll call it an apparent demise, unless uh, you know, but um, you know, the suit can be handed off. You know, someone else can pick up the suit. You know, it's not like he's flashing his face. You know, you know, so that's true. I mean, I. I couldn't tell you what Stingray actually looks like under his helmet. I don't know that we've ever seen seen him. No, it could make for um, you know. Actually, uh, here's what yeah. I'm hoping for in in future epi- episodes of uh, the Avengers comic is I hope that uh, T'Challa puts on the suit and is like, "Let's go, Namor, rematch," you know. And he's like, "Holy oh. crap, I got to fight Stingray again." Didn't you get enough? And you're like, he's like, you're fighting Black Panther. You know, like some kind of crazy thing like that where he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, there was, um, I mean, they've had their uh, their problems already, you know, in the recent past with uh, Hickman's run and stuff like that. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did some kind of cool little, you know, um, war between them. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, all right. So, 
think we covered that one. Definitely. Or, uh, as we get back on track here. Um, um, I'm trying to remember what, uh, you know what? I want to talk about, uh, cover the new comic book from, uh, Brian Bendis. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've not yeah. read that, but it, it's got an interesting premise. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about, it. I'm not going to get into it too much. There's not enough to go, to go in deep on it. Um, but it's, it's, it's very meta. I'm going to start with that. Um, Brian Bendis and, uh, David Mack is, uh, David Mack's doing the art for the book. So this is to me like, um, this is like a project that they probably discussed at a comic con. I would, I would guess. And, you know, probably sitting side by side at a table and said, Hey, wouldn't this be funny if this happened? Blah, blah. You know, um, and, and, uh, the comic plays out that way too. It, it starts with a, um, an artist, uh, at a comic con who looks strangely like David Mack. <laughs> and, um, not a lot. I mean, he didn't want to make himself identical, but, you know, but I mean, you kind of look at him and you're like, yeah, it's kind of Mac. Um, so he has, uh, this girl approach him at the show and she's like a super fan. Like, he doesn't realize it for, at first, but she buys, uh, some artwork and, uh, he's kind of, kind of blown back by it because she's buying, you know, expensive artwork. Um, and he's like, wow, you know, and then she just walks away. And then, uh, another show rolls around and, uh, this girl's back. And so he's like, all right, uh, let's go to dinner, you know, strange woman, you know, um, and then he finds out that she's like, uh, she's like in the CIA or something like that. She's, uh, like an agent. Um, and it's kind of funny. This is total Bendis, uh, stuff. But, uh, you know, they go out to this expensive dinner that she invites him to because she's obviously got all this money to buy art and all this stuff. Um, but she gets a phone call and leaves him and then stiffs him with the bill, which I thought, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. Um, so, you know, so the, the poor comic book artist has to, has to pick up the tab at the expensive restaurant. But the mystery is, uh, kind of surrounding this woman and why she seems to have an interest in him and, um, you know, and what, what role does he play in this? Uh, why is she, why is he a person of, of her interest? Uh, it goes, you know, deeper than just being a fan of his artwork. And that's kind of what, you know, the first issue is just that. Like, it's just, you know, typical Bendis, like, here's a, you know, here's the first paragraph of the story I'm crafting, you know, told over 21 pages or so. Um, you know, but it's, it's good, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's good Bendis conversational stuff. Obviously it's, um, David Mack is, uh, you can tell he is enjoying, um, his illustrative process on this book too. Like yeah. he's having a lot of fun with it. And, um, just to add to, um, and, and I, I actually picked up the second issue. I will add that too. Um, I'm interested in, in, uh, seeing where this goes a little bit more. Um, and then a nice thing that, um, this seems to be the thing with, uh, the Jinx World brand is back. Um, 
you know, Bendis has launched quite a few comic books recently under his own brand again. And um, it's kind of neat. In every issue, they put some unused artwork in the back. And uh, in this one, he actually has, like, a David Mack. I won't say unused. I mean, they might have used it, but I haven't seen it. Um, uh, Superman variant cover, uh, Sandman universe variant cover, and uh, Batman hmm. number 50 variant cover. And, you know, it's all David Mack stuff. And, and it's it's neat because every, so far every Jinx, uh, Jinx War book has had some kind of art, you know, from that uh, artist on that book. Um which is, you know, it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's like a bonus treat, you know. So, um, yeah, so far I'm enjoying his uh, his relaunches. Um, some are, you know, some are more interesting than others. I think the cover one probably hooked me the most. So that's why I'm talk, talking about that one. But, uh, it's, it's worth a look, I'd say. Definitely worth okay. a look. A lot of good yeah, stuff I, going on. I actually can't remember... The last time I've seen any uh, David Mack like sequential stuff, I mean, I know he he did, you know, he, he had his uh, uh, Kabuki property, which I never read. I mean, it, it looked gorgeous. Um, I never read it, and I, I feel like I've only ever seen him do that and, covers and Daredevil. Didn't he do Daredevil? Did he do interiors for that? Way back I feel like he did. I think he did like a fill-in issue. Early. Oh no, he he did. He did I think run. he did the issues. He did the issues with Echo, the Marvel Knights. Yeah, yeah, Echo. Yep, that's yeah. When they, Echo issues. when they, yeah, when they introduced Echo, um, and then he he did the. Uh, I think he did all the covers for um, Alias. Oh yeah. When that when that came out, and then subsequently he did um he did the covers for Jessica Jones, like the Jessica Jones series. Yeah, I remember. I do remember that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, yeah, you're right though. I mean, this is kind of weird to see him doing a, a sequential book, but I mean, if anybody's going to get them, it's uh, you know, it's Bendis. I mean, those guys go all the way back to their indie days. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I, and, and and it does. It, uh, this book it really does play out like they've probably they're probably it could have even been way back then. Like, oh man, that was crazy. That girl bought my artwork, you know. And they're just talking, and and then uh, Bendis is probably like, what if she's like a spy and she's trying to investigate you? Blah blah. Ha ha. She's trying. To, or, yeah, she's trying to recruit us for a secret mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, ah, you know. And then, it, and it's like maybe this was just a, a funny conversation they had, but they're like, "Hey, let's do it. Um, let's see where this goes." Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where Bendis, is, you know, that's where he shines. Really, is when he's like, "Hey, I have this little weird hook that I need to figure out for myself, so I'm going to write it." Um, and then it turns out to be something cool. So yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, the other, I forget what his other, uh, the other ones, uh, that I read were Scarlet and, um, Pearl. And, you know, you got, uh, um, Maliv on, uh, Scarlet, Alex Maliv, and, um, uh, Michael Gatos on, uh, Pearl. 
So it's like it's like um, you know Bendis's crew. You know, it's his hit list, like <laughs> his uh, his artist stable, um, his bullpen. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, those are all. Yeah, all, and, uh, all all his guys, all the guys that he's worked with for yeah years on years. There are a couple, I think there was at least one other book that he put out um, that I didn't read, and I think it was a something. United States something blah blah but I didn't I just didn't look at, oh, it didn't look good to me at all that was it, I just couldn't do it that's the follow up it, it, it used to be called the United States of Murder Incorporated and now it's called like yeah. the United States versus Murder Incorporated something like that oh. like they like it's back but they but they changed the title of it I never I never read it yeah I I didn't um, either his you know like in the art didn't really hit me. So. Yeah, his his creator owned work in recent years didn't really like. Once he kind of gave up on, I shouldn't say gave up on, but that's what it felt like. When once he kind of gave up on powers, and oh, you know, yeah. I, I tried reading Scarlet, and it really uh, it, uh, it, it, it didn't yeah. that didn't hold up for me. Like even like from it. From when it first came out, I just it just didn't just didn't ring true to me at the time. Yeah, and I think that was Scarlet's um probably my least favorite of the, of those three that I read. Um, Pearl Pearl's okay, it just didn't really hit me that hard. Um, but Scarlet, um, I wasn't into it in the first place, you know, in the first series, and this one is kind of like picks up where that one left off. So I was like, nah, you know, like I read it and I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to come back to this one. <laughs> uh, it's basically uh port. Uh, she takes over Portland or something like that. Um, takes over the city. And now uh, the president wants to talk to her. That's, that's pretty much the first issue. <laughs> okay. She's like, Hey, I'm here. Uh, and the president's calling. So it's like, uh, all right, that's not enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could imagine checking them out if they were, you know, maybe like collected or if they were um, on sale or right. something. I might, I might take a flyer on on them. But uh, I think for now, I'm just going to stick to uh, him. You know, reading him and Superman and Action Comics. Those are okay. Those are still those are nice. Those have been really enjoyable. I'm. Okay, I, I I have amassed a collection of them, and I haven't read I, uh, much of any of them. Like I think I read one issue, and I need to get back on it. But I just keep buying them, and like I'm gonna read them. Oh, you should so. you definitely should should dive into those. Those are those are good, and and, and you okay. don't have to read them. Like, um, it's not like they're going back and forth between it's like Superman is its own story, and Action Comics is its own story. It's not like they're Going like oh. it's not like oh. they're flip flopping. Yeah, they're not. They're not telling the same story in both books. They're they're telling okay. two separate stories. Like the the Superman story is is very much. It's like it's Superman and the rest of the DC universe. Whereas Action Comics is like very Metropolis centric. Like it's okay. him in Metropolis. Um, you know, 
doing whatever he does in Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a, there's a really interesting, um, storyline with Lois Lane and he, you know, he, he introduces, um, some new supporting characters, some new villains. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you, you should definitely like set aside like some time, you know, and just, just blow right through. I mean, cause they're, they're really good. Yeah. Okay. I will. I, I, yeah, I've just been, like I say, I've been trying to catch up on a lot of stuff and I, um, that, that probably isn't too far down the list. Like it, it should, I should be getting on that soon. Um, plus I just don't want to keep buying them without knowing if it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's that too. You're just, <laughs> I mean, I've kind of putting some faith in there, you know? Yeah. So now, did, um, did you read the first, his first, uh, the, the six issue man of steel miniseries that he did first? No. And that's the thing is I, I read, uh, I read a few issues of it and then I was like, well, I like this. So I'm going to keep getting them. But then I just got off track and, um, because they were weekly, and I just back, I just got backed up, and I was like, yeah. And so then I started buying uh, the new ones, and I think Adam Hughes is doing the covers, so that yeah. was a no-brainer. I was like, all right, I'm buying these. Well, two. you don't. So I wouldn't say you need to. Well, you probably should finish Man of Steel first because that kind of that yeah, like oh. that kind of kicks everything off into you know the other books. I mean. You could probably jump into Superman yeah. in action and know what's going on, but the the backstory. Um, I mean, first of all, it, it's a like it's a good story. Um, the the first six issue story that he tells in Man of Steel is really good, and it, it and it really yeah. sets the table for for what he's going to you know for, for the stories he's going to be telling with not only Superman but with Lois and their son. And, um, you know, the, you know, what kind of, um, threats are looming, things like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's worth going back and maybe like picking that up from the beginning and reading it and then. Yeah. I'll I'll probably even reread the one or two that I already read just to, you know, it's worth it. Just to ramp up. Yeah. Gotta right. get a you gotta binge some Bendis. <laughs> and now it's time for binging with Bendis. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay, so are we good with uh, are we good with comics? You want to move on to something different? Yeah, let's let's move on uh, to other things here. We got some other yeah topics, some questions that people have asked. Yeah, well, let me um, first. Let me I'm gonna I guess give a quick review on the. The uh, DC Universe app. Okay. Um, I wasn't originally going to even bother with this. Um, not even the, uh, yeah, you know, that like, oh, you can only watch Titans on the DC Universe app. I'm like, well, I don't really care because that show looks like hot, hot yeah. garbage. So yeah, F comic book pit. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. That's that's what Robin says later. Uh, yeah. But um but then it after t- uh, the first episode had aired I, I I looked at the app and I saw that you could get like a free like 7-day trial so I thought okay I'll I'll get a trial just for if nothing else just to watch the first episode and 
check it out. Okay. Um, so you watched it? So first, I did. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that out of the way first because there's really nothing to spoil. Um, I, I'm gonna the, watch it after the, the show tonight. So, but go ahead and spoil okay. it because, like you said, I don't think it matters. Yeah, well, well, like I said, like nothing really happens. I mean, if if you watch the trailer, that's pretty much the first episode. I mean, they they obviously yeah. flesh it out. They, they they flesh it out some more, okay. but um, and there's you know there's more action and you, but but you you're really only getting um Robin and Raven. You get a little bit of um. The, uh, Starfire, okay. like, uh, Coriander, you get a, you get a couple of scenes with her, um, but she's off in like Russia or something. Oh. And then at the very end, like the last five minutes of the episode, you get Beast Boy. Oh, okay. So you're, it's, it's very much focused on Robin and Raven at first. Um, it, it wasn't bad. I, I have to, I have to admit it, you know, it tonally, it's still weird. It's still very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was not an unpleasant viewing experience. Now, I don't think it's the, the end all be all, you know, I saw some people online saying it was amazing. It was great. And I'm like, well, I don't know how you can say that because really nothing happened. Yeah. It was, it was just okay. Too early. Um, yeah, and I, I think I have enough time in my trial. Um, the second episode drops uh, tomorrow, drops on Friday, and 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 that is uh, right away. They're bringing in um, Hawk and Dove. Oh, okay. Now I don't know if I don't know if they're going to be, you know, uh, recurring characters or if this is just you know for one episode. But I'm going to watch it because. I, I can because I still have the free trial and uh, I happen to like those characters. So I'm going to see how they treat them. Okay. Um, now the, <laughs> the thing I really don't like about the app, which is it's really surprising to me is that their, their comic book section is just confusing. It, and, and, and by confusing, I mean like, they, so, you know, you could go on Comixology and you could buy probably full runs of like, you know, almost any major DC book. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you wanted to buy the four issue Dark Knight Returns or the four issue Batman Year One, you could do that. Or if you wanted to buy the, um, all, all the issues of Crisis on Infinite Earths, you could do that. But for some reason, on DC's own app, there are certain books or certain titles where there's only one issue available. Hmm. So, again, for example, The Dark Knight Returns, which is only a four-issue series, huh. only has the first issue available. Oh, that's weird. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is like a, I think like a 12-issue maxi-series, only has the first like five or six issues available. Um, and it, it's like that, but then there, there will be weird, like, um, remember, uh, here's a, here's an example. Remember a few years ago, there was that, um, that Manhunter series that had the female, um, uh, Manhunter. Yeah. There's like 38 issues of that title. 
available. Um, so it, it's like that. There's like, it's, it's just so inconsistent. Um, hold on. Let me, let me pull it up here. Yeah. Like the, uh, the new 52, um, well, let's see. Wait, uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not new 52. Um, All-Star Superman. Yeah. Which was that great 12 issue series, uh, Grant Morrison, Frank Wiley, one issue available. Uh, um, but Aquaman and the others, 11 issues uh, <laughs> available. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like that. It's, it, it's really bizarre. Um, like, I don't understand why they don't have more stuff yeah. up here. I mean, uh, uh, presumably this, this app has been in the works for a while. And again, this stuff is already digitized. Yeah. Like, like I said, you could go on Comixology and buy the same stuff, like a full run of whatever. But, but on DC's own app, you're you're out of luck, and yeah, it's it's um, oh, um, DC the New Frontier, uh, amazing six issue Darwin Cook that, I mean, story, one issue available. I mean, that's just painful. Like that, that it, it just it makes me want to tear my like tear my hair out because it just it's so frustrating that they, you know it. Like I would rather have there be less titles available, but a full run of yeah, something. I agree. You know. Um, oh, but they have but they have thirty six issues of Impulse <laughs> on here, and and twenty eight issues of Hitman, which I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Hitman, but Hitman was like that, that that's been over for yeah. years. Um. Yeah, it's not so, like there's, I mean, I don't think there's, there's any kind of rights issue either. Like, just, it's your property. Just no, this is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm so used to the, to the Marvel app or the, the, the Marvel Unlimited service where, I mean, oh my God, there's, it's, it, it really does feel unlimited sometimes. Like, you could go on there and just about anything you could think yeah. of is available. And, um, and, and, you know, and I know when Marvel Unlimited started, you know, they, they had their, you know, their, their bumps and, you know, bumps in the road and, and you could say, oh, well, DC, they're just, these are their bumps in the road. But I feel like I, I can't accept that as an excuse because like clearly Marvel Unlimited's app has been out yeah. for a while. And you could just take a look at that and see what they're doing right and maybe either copy it or yeah. improve on it if they're, right. if that's possible. But like somehow, once again, DC has managed to screw yeah, like, up <laughs> something that should be right. like a home run. And I, I don't know how they managed to get things like this wrong. That should be, like I said, this should be a no brainer. How do they how do they screw up this royally with their <laughs> comics, you know? So um so I, I think once my trial is is 
is up, I probably will not. I'm not going to renew until I'm convinced that they right. have their stuff together, you know, and um, because the like the the other services or the other features on there, they're fine. They're they're not enough, I think, to keep me coming back. Um, you know, it, it's nice that they have all their like. A, well, I wouldn't say all of their movies, but they've got a lot of their movies on there, um, a lot of their animated stuff, um, a lot of their um, – like they, they don't have many live-action series um, because a lot of those are still on, I guess, um, Netflix. Like Netflix must you know, have the – yeah. So um, – yeah, the so so the DC Universe app. Um, I would say, you know, my my official recommendation is uh, try the seven day trial, and if you like it, good, you know, good for you. But um, you know, the, I, I wouldn't expect too much going in, um, you know, unless what they have is ex- like literally exactly what you're yeah. looking for, then you're in luck. <laughs> but if you're looking to like read like the entire, like a huge chunk of DC's back catalog of comics. Um, you're going to be really disappointed. Uh, yeah. So, Oh, and, and, and the other weird thing, um, again, I, I'm used to like, I'm, I'm comparing, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm comparing it to Marvel's app because that's really the only other thing that I'm, that's, that's, you know, comparable. Um, right. So, you know, when you want to read something on Marvel, uh, the Marvel Unlimited app, you just tap on it and it opens up. But here, you tap on, say, so you tap on a title, it comes up. Then there's another button that says download, and you have to oh. you have to wait for it to download. Oh. And it, it's not like it takes that long, but still, it's like it's just so enough. And it's maybe you're like, oh, I don't want to read this now. And you've already waited. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just another step. And I don't know, like when it says download, what does that mean? Like, are you just? I mean, I you know, I don't think it's downloading actually onto my iPad or my phone. Right. It's just I, I don't know. It's just weird, like that they have that. So it's just like it sounds to me like like um. You know, yeah, when Marvel first started their app, or, you know, their service, it was clunky. It, you know, it was the back catalog, and, and everybody was expecting, like, you know, brand new books, but, but in reality, it was like, it was six months old, so you had this severe lag, where if you wanted to be an online reader, you had to wait six months before you could read what everybody else is reading. And I, would think that DC sounds like they're coming into the market like maybe a year after that. You know what I mean? Like they're not coming in to what's expected this year. It, it, seems, it sounds to me like they're coming in uh, a few years behind and they need to catch up real quick. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Oh, and, and, and the other thing that uh, I forgot about this, this is at the top of the, the comics uh, page, it says, uh, 
the full DC Comics digital library will be available for purchase in October. Mm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, first of all, it is October right now. It's, we're, we're oh, yeah. well, we're, well, we're well past the halfway point of October. Yeah. Um, so, and when it says, you know, the full DC Comics digital library will be available for, for purchase, I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's just so many questions. On, uh, you know about this the, this app and I yeah I'm 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 not gonna uh, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna be one of their test subjects I'm not gonna be a guinea pig or anything right. it's yeah. it's not you know it 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 still has some bugs that needs to be worked out or some um some I don't know development issues I feel yeah. like and yeah. just some just a, logic it's a one, issues it's a just one point now. Yeah, just some you know some some common sense issues that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully, uh, the next iteration of it will be will be better. But for right now, like I said, I I can only recommend the the seven day trial. Okay. Just to you know, just to test you know, just to test it out. We'll test drive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, for some people to, you know, that might be good. I, you know, I think people should test drive it and, you know, maybe DC's looking for more feedback too, you know, which would help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so let's see. So I guess we have a couple of, um, well, I don't know. I don't know. Should, should we talk about TV or should we, uh, should we just go into the questions and then maybe, just close it out? Yeah. Maybe just questions. Because I think, okay. uh, you know, we had a, our part one was, uh, already pretty happy, so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Alright. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just edit out that little piece of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, so to close out this episode, we, uh, we, we took some questions from, uh, from our friends and followers on our various, uh, social media sites and we had two questions here that came from Twitter. Um, both questions from our friends at the McSauce comic book podcast. So you guys should definitely check them out. They do a, a great podcast. I do web comics and, uh, art and, uh, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, definitely check out the McSauce, uh, comic book podcast. Um, so the first question comes from Paul, one of the hosts, and he asks, what comic book villain slash character do you find legitimately scary or disturbing? That's a great question. Yeah. Especially for this time of year, you know, Halloween. Yeah, yeah a little Halloween uh, trivia. So, uh, um, scary or disturbing. Um, somebody that actually does somebody that creeps, creeps me out, I guess, or bothers me or, uh, or maybe is a legitimate threat. You know, like in, in, you know, when you think of it in real world terms. Too, I, I think. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, uh, I can't, yeah, there's a lot to go on. So, I mean, we may have to talk this one out just a little unless you have, unless you have somebody straight out the gates. Um, well, the, the first one that came to mind, I mean, and uh, there's so many out there. 
but what um, what Bendis did with the Purple Man when when they brought oh, yeah. um, Alias when when, when yeah. Alias premiered, um, you know, because the the Purple Man used to be kind of like a a, a joke, uh, yeah. a, a joke villain. I mean, they, but you know, they of course you know he had his mind control and everything, but you know, but what he did with him and the the, the psychological terror that he inflicted on Jessica Jones yeah was uh was chilling and and I think there was that one issue where uh was it she she had started dating Scott Lang uh Ant-Man yeah. yeah and they were they had spent the night together and uh, she woke up the next morning, and she pulled back the the blanket to find him dead, but covered with ants. Ugh. I I, I, th- I think that was him. I don't know how he did it, but I, I think that was part of what he. I, I think he was somehow involved in that. And I remember thinking, oh, like that took me back, or you know, kind of right, right. It kind of kind of shook me a little. Psychological terror. Yeah, it sounds like. Uh... Yeah. Definitely a good one, and uh, um, yeah. So that's that, that's that's one that comes to mind immediately. Um, I was thinking of, uh, you know, this is from TV, but um, the Penguin on Gotham is actually pretty pretty scary, dude. As far as um, if if you were a real world gangster, I would be afraid to be around him. Like I, he he is a. Uh, you know, not only, like, he's a good crime lord, uh, I can't speak to the to the character in the book too much, because I always thought he was kind of corny in the books. Mm. But uh, the portrayal on Gotham, he's, you know, he's psychotic, but he's also conniving um, and murderous. Like, he, you know, if you if you look at him sideways, he's he's going to kill you, like, in, in, in cold blood with his bare hands. And, um, you know, that kind of character is... Uh, you know, he kind of has the best of both worlds where, you know, we've talked about the Joker and how Joker's just crazy, straight up crazy. Um, the Penguin, I think, uh, you know, his, you know, he, he doesn't mind breaking a few eggs. You know, it's kind of like a Joker quote, but um, he just seems like a really uh, danger, dangerous uh, character to anyone that's near mm-hmm. him. Um, in that, especially in the, and like I say, in that show, um, I think he's more of a, I don't know, in the books to me, I haven't read a lot of Penguin stuff, I guess, but in the books, he seems more like he's a little, um, you know, hire a bunch of guys to do his dirty work. Um, but in the show, he's a hands-on killer. So that that's one that you know I was trying to think of a real world uh, character you know like somebody like that mm-hmm. um, definitely a dangerous character. Um, um, you know I'm trying to think uh, somebody with bigger maybe with bigger motivations, <laughs> but it just seems like I, I think a, a lot of um, 
especially in the movies and Avengers, you know, like it seems like they want to justify the reasons um, that villains do what mm-hmm. they do instead of just being straight up evil. And I think that actually does take away sometimes. Um, like, you know, Thanos was right. You know, Magneto was right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that kind of right. stuff. Like, you're like well, I see his side of it. And that, but that to me takes away from, uh, yeah, the danger aspect or, you know, like actually, you know, um, oh, you know, oh, what? Half the, half the universe, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, well. But, you know, like if he did it in like a, he didn't seem murderous. He seemed more like he was justified in it. You know, so it didn't seem to me like, you know, like, oh, it wouldn't even hurt anyway. I'd just turn to dust, mm-hmm. you know? So, <laughs> so it just doesn't seem that, um, you know, threatening or dangerous. Yeah. Um, even though obviously it's still, you know, final. But, uh, but yeah, I think it takes away from, uh, you know, like comparing to the books, um, Thanos, his agenda was uh, to win the affection of death. And that, to me, seemed a much more dangerous uh, aspect. Rather than trying to balance the scales, he was just like, "Oh, if I need to kill everyone, I will." You know, this is just me. You know, is, is this enough? Half? Okay, if it's not enough, I'm going to do some more. You know, um, so hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there's. I, I'm, I'm sure there are, are some that I'm, I'm just not thinking of, but. Um. um I'm trying to think of good, other good, uh. I'm looking like, at my bookshelf trying to see if there's I, anything I, I, I'm, I'm missing. You know what? I kind of put it toward, like I say, I do kind of put it towards, uh, anybody who's more, um, murderous and, um, more murderous, you know, like where they're not necessarily where the ends justify the means kind of logic. Um, you know, that, that stuff just doesn't. I'll I tell you what, when, Really do it. Um, I remember reading uh, "Death in the Family" when it when it was coming out, and I was and yeah. I was an, I was a teenager when that came out, and and I'll be honest, like you know, I, I knew that Dick Grayson was the original Robin, but when the point when I started reading Batman was when Jason Todd was Robin, and to oh, me yeah. that was kind of neat that because you know. Dick Grayson had been Robin forever, and the, the idea that uh, this was a new Robin, he kind of felt like he was my Robin. You know, even though you know, I, yeah. I didn't really have a particular affection for him. It was just neat to think, oh, someone else can put on the uniform, and right, and when. He, you know, I, I I knew the story was called Death in the Family, but you know, part of me thought, well, there's no way they're going to kill, going to kill Robin, and the you know the scene when the Joker is just brutally beating uh, Robin with a crowbar was yeah. Uh, was terrifying. Uh, and, and then, yeah. 
and then the the subsequent scenes of him like he's not dead but there's a you know the, the there's an, a, a timed ex, uh, explosive device ready to go off and he's there you know um his his mother he he you know he, he finally finds his 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 real mother who's you know chained up or tied up and he's it's it's um, it's heartbreaking cuz he's trying to crawl to this explosive device to defuse it he fails, you right. know, he fails obviously. And he, they're both killed and, and that, you know, so, but, but again, going back to that scene where, you know, it was like, like, you know, watching the Joker beat Jason Todd within the, an inch of his life again for, you know, a, a teenager who, you know, who was kind of just recently introduced to this character. It was, was like, oh, you you really went there, and it, it yeah. really, you know, that's you know, I know there are probably tons of examples of the the Joker's insanity and brutality, um, but I would say that's probably that's got to be up there, like the top, you know, top five. Definitely, definitely one of the most brutal scenes too. And I mean, you look at the simplicity of it. I mean, he yeah. beat him with a crowbar. It wasn't anything then, like there. It was, there was no joke then, involved. There was no like no no, no um, uh, yeah. tricks. No uh, no uh, clever uh, traps. It was just the Joker and a crowbar. It was, and then he even just left them. Like you said, he left them alive enough to see. You know, for him to be sure that he also wasn't going to save right. his mother from the bomb. You know what I mean? Like, he basically left him uh, close enough, you know, alive enough to uh, to fail, you know, to see that he's going to fail. Right, yeah, to, for them to realize they were both going to die a horrible death. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, we know different nowadays. No. <laughs> Everything is different now. Uh, but, yeah, like, so, so that's what I'm um, I don't normally find the Joker uh, scary or just, well, I, you know, I, I guess it just depends on, on who, who's writing that particular character, because again, um, they've, they've told some really, uh, horrific stories, uh, with the Joker. I mean, that, that, that's a character that you can really go dark with. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think it works better. I think that's what it is. The more recent, uh, versions of him have been, you know, he has, he has an answer for everything that Batman has an answer for, you know, so they both are constantly pulling Mm -hmm. that trick card out. Um, like, oh yes, but touche, you know, I have this, you know, um, you know, like, oh, now there's a chemical in my blood that, uh, saved saved our lives. And you know what I mean? Like it's not crazy. Um, uh, Joker (laughs) might be immortal. You know, it's like, wait, what? You know, like crazy stuff that um, has gone in recently, and uh, he he's he works better as a, you know, oh, you didn't like my joke? I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. Well, you know, you know, another um, classic or quintessential story that I that I keep coming back to as far as the sheer um, depravity of character is the killing joke. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't get much more, uh, depraved than, um, 
you know, the Joker shooting Barbara Gordon and then, you know, d- like, uh, him that, well, well, yeah, but I mean, like he, remember he like, he undressed her and took pictures of her and, yeah. you know, and then, yeah. And then show, didn't he do that? He did that with Gordon too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, yeah, he kidnapped Gordon and put him through this like fun house of horrors and tried to, tried to get him to break. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he showed him the, the pictures that he took of Barbara. Um, yeah. So just again, you know, that's just one of those characters that they just want really, you know, you can go really dark with, or you can go really, you, you can make him kind of happy go lucky, but still dangerous, or he can just right. go off the deep end and be really. Uh, just terrifying. So I think those, that's, that's definitely one of my answers. So. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Batman's Rogue Gallery stands yeah. tall. Yeah. Uh. Um, so we have another question and this is, uh, from Ian, one of the other hosts of the McSauce comic book podcast. And his question is, what do you think is the scariest motivation for a, horror character, or I guess maybe just a character in general. The examples he gives are, um, so the predator hunts for sport. Uh, the Joker uh, loves chaos. He, uh, Cenobites, uh, get off on it, etc. Um, one thing that kind of, I'm not sure how this applies or, or if it's appropriate, but, um, I was thinking of, Freddy Krueger, how he, um, yeah. you know, how he, uh, goes, he comes for you in your dreams. So usually, yeah. you know, it, when you think about going to sleep, that's like, it's the end of your day. You finally get to rest. Um, you, you close your eyes, you shut your brain off. Um, it's, it's supposed to be a safe, you know, it's kind of like a safe, like you're, when you're sleeping, you are, um, you know, I don't want to say you're not safe, but it's like, that, that's when you're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, vulnerable. Like that's when you're vulnerable. Like, you right. know, if you're at a party and you pass out, people can mess with you, you know, or, right. you know, uh, whatever. But usually when you're sleeping, that's when things can happen and it's, you know, so when you're sleeping and, you know, it's bad enough that, you know, people have nightmares, but if, if someone could, you know, there uh, could invade, like if, if that's his, his motivation for getting you, that's the way he gets you is through your dreams. Like you could never sleep, you know, that's, um, yeah. and that to me is, is kind of scary. Cause like I said, that's, you know, going like sleeping is kind of like your one, it's like your, your last, um, refuge from the world that that's when you can right. just shut off. Yeah. And I think, well, his motivation is, um, that he was tortured, right? I mean, and this is like vengeance. I yeah, mean, that's, that's true. That's, that's more of his, mo- yeah, like, like revenge is more his motivation, at least in the first, the first 
movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens <laughs> later on. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. 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 So as, as far as motivation, yeah, um, um, I, uh, well, okay. Well, here's, here's another one. Um, the, for me, uh, the, just the, the, the Xenomorphs from the Alien franchise because it's almost like they don't necessarily have a motivation other than their instinct is to, is to kill. Like that's, I don't know if you could call that motivation, right. but that's just, that's how, like that's what they act on, just, just like pure instinct. And, and there's no, yeah. um, you can't, um, that they're, they're the dominant species, you know, like that's, I think their thing is they yeah. prove, and you can't, you know, you, you can't reason with, like they can't be reasoned with. They can't be, um, they, they, they have no thoughts or feelings like almost like, you know, in a sense, almost like a, like a Terminator. Um, that's, that was my one thought. It's too, like they're, Terminator. they're, they're um, relentless in their single mindedness. Yeah. Basically I think that too. And I also would, I throw, um, because personally, uh, I find, um, Zombies very oh, yeah. scary, and uh, you know, and, and I think it is because of that. It's the, the there's a there's a bleakness to it. There's a um, and they're relentless, um, you know, in their hunger, you know. And you you like you said, there is no refuge because you can't you can't rest. You know, you can't stay mm-hmm. in one place too long. You know, or you know, there's a lot of reason, like a lot of things well, that. Uh, the whole world becomes unsafe. What what um what what kind of gets me sometimes, and and I don't know if I, I'm sure you've had this. I'm sure everyone's had this at some point in their life. But when you have a dream or a nightmare, when you're when you're being chased, and and you feel like you just can't yeah. get away, and you and you know no matter what you do, and you know, and sometimes even in dreams, like when you're you're running, it feels like you're just running in quicksand or like you're you're running in mud. Like you can't ever run. You can't ever do anything fast in your dreams except fall apparently. Um, but you know, I feel like, like whenever I'm being chased in my dreams, it's, it's like I could never get away. And, and, and that's what, right. you know, that feels like to me, like anytime I watch something with zombies or terminators or, uh, aliens, it's like, no matter what you do, they will keep coming because there, again, there's no, there's no way to, to, to reason with them. There's, there's no way to get them to stop other than to die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, some characters like, you know, more in the, in the Marvel DC mm-hmm. way too. Um, I think, uh, yeah, cause I think his questions also mm-hmm. to do with motivation. Right. Right. So, um, you know, Dr. Doom seems like a really good, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what his motivation is sometimes, except that he really hates Reed Richards. <laughs> well, you know, and, 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 and um, that's just in general, that's a problem with, with thinking about comic book characters because they, they've been changed and rebooted so many times that, mm-hmm. Like their, their motivations change. I mean, look, look at like, I mean, recently in the past couple of years, Dr. Doom went from being the, the, the kind of like the, the villain of Secret okay. Wars 
to redeeming himself sort of like by wearing the Iron Man, the, the Iron Man armor and be, being a hero. And I think that's what's kind of, as far as his motivation, I would say that his, he's motivated to be better than Reed. Um, and, and whether or not he is, but I think that is, you know, maybe one of his base motivations for, you know, for acting the way he does is to try to prove that he's mm-hmm. better. Um, you know, pride, whatever. Um, that kind of well, thing. I always found, um, not again, he's not really like scary mm-hmm. as far as like a horror character, mm-hmm. but you know, when, when they years and years and years ago, when they kind of revealed what, what J. Jonah Jameson's reasons were for hating Spider-Man, like mm-hmm. his motivation for always wanting to discredit him is because in his mind, he doesn't believe that someone could ever act that selflessly and, mm-hmm. and, and for someone to be that good, it means it's somehow, I, I forget the exact, like how he worded it or how he thought it, but it's like, he will never be as good as Spider-Man. So he kind of admitted to himself. It's like the only way for me to reconcile this is to bring him down. Mm-hmm. Because I will never be as good as Spider-Man, which makes me feel terrible. And the only oh, way yeah. for me to feel good about that is to bring is to like bring him down to my level, or to or bring him to a place where he can never be that person. So it's like mm-hmm. it, he's basically saying, like this is like this is why we can't have nice things, you know? Yeah, it's sort of like. Uh- that's similar to like uh, Lex Luthor too, because Lex Luthor's like we don't need some godlike alien uh, to fix us, you know. Like uh, you know, and Lex, you know, I mean that's sort of what they've built into Lex's uh, philosophy more recently, I would say. But because uh, to me, it always seemed just like he's like oh, I'm just a villain and I want to get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, more to the current that he. He resents, uh, he resents that there's someone that's trying to guide humanity that isn't necessarily a part of it. Right. There's someone who's, um, who's better than him. Right. Right. He's like, I should be the shining example mm-hmm. of humanity. You know, and I, again, I think, yeah, pride, pride again on that one, probably, you know, that he wants to be the best. Um, you know, the best example, even though he's, you know, terrible. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, uh, I don't know. I think we, we talked that out pretty well. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we can probably close this one out. Uh, is there anything we need to, need to mention, need to, Need to pimp? Need to? Uh, um, no, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm good. Um, and we will be back at the uh, uh, Sorgatron Media Studios on Sunday. Uh, Sunday August August. Oh my God! Wishful thinking. Sunday October twenty first. Um, we're gonna be back. Uh, recording so look for us 
on uh, Sunday afternoon, we'll be uh, live streaming our episode. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up and uh, call it a day. Cool. All right. Well, this has been episode two ninety one of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm Dan, and I am Scott, and we will see you next time. Oh, shoot. Thank <laughs> you.